Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello there and welcome to episode number 454 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. If you were listening last week when I said it was episode 463, I was wrong. That was 453. This is 454 and I should really have nothing to do with numbers ever. But today we're going to talk about food, Key West, more food, writing, bilingual characters, family drama, baseball, and more about writing with Priscilla Oliveras and Amanda. Anchored Hearts, Priscilla Oliveras' latest book, is out now and there is a lot to talk about. And this book made Amanda full on sob and so we have a really good time talking about it, but do not worry, no spoilers. I will have links to all of the books we talk about and, of course, all the places you can find Priscilla Oliveras on the internet at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. Hello to our Patreon community. You are all wonderful. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate each and every pledge because each and every pledge makes every transcript possible. And when there's lots and lots of people talking in the podcast, the transcript is extremely important. So thank you for being part of our Patreon. Hello and welcome to Kate, who just joined our community. And if you would like to join, have a look at patreon.com slash smartpitches. This episode right here is also brought to you in part by Apostrophe, a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. Prescription acne treatment really does work, but it can be hard to get. You got to take time off to see a doctor and then you sit in line at the pharmacy or in the waiting room for your medications because, you know, doctor's offices never run on time until Apostrophe. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You get treated immediately, and your medications are delivered to your door. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and your medical history. Then snap a few selfies, and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. The best part is that Apostrophe offers topical and oral medications so you can treat your acne from the inside out and the outside in. Apostrophe treats acne, but they can also help you hit other skincare goals like reducing redness and even dark spots. 
I tried apostrophe to address adult acne. I didn't even have to get up from the chair I was in. Not only was it extremely easy to use, but when I entered my location, as I've mentioned before, the doctor who designed my plan was a dermatologist that I'd already seen some years ago. Same dude. The prescription arrived quickly. My skin has calmed down substantially, and I love how easy everything was. You can get $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash smart. Or use our code SMART. This code is only available to our listeners. So get started. Go to apostrophe.com slash SMART and click begin visit. Then use the code SMART at sign up and you get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash SMART. And use that code SMART to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. And we have a new sponsor this week. This episode is also brought to you in part by Femtasy, a streaming platform with short erotic audio stories. Wilbur is very much in favor of this. All the stories are ethically produced and designed especially to satisfy desire and provide pleasure. The steamy fantasies are narrated by performers of all genders, and there is only audio, no images, so it stimulates your imagination. Femtasy inspires and encourages you to embrace your sexuality and explore your most intimate desires. They support not only enjoying your fantasies, but leading a self-determined life under the duvet and everywhere else. Femtasy exclusively represents sexual content performed with voice actors' mutual consent. They want to be a safe space for you to discover what you like and what you don't. I really like that there is an incredibly massive selection of audio segments, and they're tagged and coded so I can look for soft or intense experiences in categories like casual encounter or daring. Listen to your fantasies and take time for yourself with Femtasy on Femtasy.com. That's F-E-M-T-A-S-Y. There are over 500 audio experiences exclusively for you to connect with yourself and to make the connection more intense. With the discount code Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, you can save 25% on our annual subscription. That's 25% off an annual subscription with code Sarah. Love yourself all year long, anytime, anywhere. But now it is time for us to have way too much fun with Priscilla Oliveras. I will be back after the episode with a terrible joke because that's well, I mean, that's why you're listening, right? Of course, I figured. Let's welcome Priscilla Oliveras. Hola, everyone. I am Priscilla Oliveras, and, and I wave like you can see me waving, but it's just kind of. <laughs> uh, so I am Priscilla Oliveras. I am a USA Today bestselling author of contemporary romance with a Latinx flavor, so I write kind of, um, I like to think of them as heartwarming, sensual romances with everyday familia, family drama that um, celebrates the power of healthy love and relationships in our lives. And food porn. <laughs> and food porn. And yes. Food with porn. The, with, yes. I will say with the, the Keys to Love <laughs> series, um, I have really enjoyed being able to add um, and, and the first in the Match Perfection series, there's there's a little bit, and I do have a set of recipe cards, like one recipe that goes with each book. But in the Keys to Love series, like in, in book one in Island Affair, they go to eat at El Meson de Pepe, a place that my family and I always go whenever we go back to Key West. And so 
it's fun. It was fun to take readers there to dinner. And in Anchored Hearts, uh, Miranda's obviously doesn't exist, but I could take you to where the building would be um, in Key West. And so it was fun perusing the menu and um, at, at Miranda's and sharing, you know, dishes with readers. First of all, congratulations on oh, the on the you. release of Anchored Hearts. Um, what is your your sort of elevator pitch for this book? What will readers find in this book in addition oh. to food porn, travel porn, <laughs> island setting, <laughs> healthy dose of Spanish? I, I have to say, um, I speak Spanish, but it is it is very much a second language for me. I mm-hmm. don't have the equal fluency. The way in which you incorporate Spanish writing into the book was mm-hmm. waking up the Spanish part of my brain. Oh yay! I enjoyed that. So very much. Oh, nice. I I try hard for um, it's, and and I hope I I hit that balance. And if if there's ever a reader that if you're, there's something that you don't know and you have to Google, please DM me and let me know so I can try to do better next time. But most of the characters that I've written thus far that are Latinx um, are, you know, are fluent and and speak the language. So like me and and, and here at home with um, my my mom and dad, mommy, papi and I live together. So there's a healthy dose of Spanglish um, and going on like while we're cooking dinner, when we're, you know, at, at any given moment. And that would be true of the characters. So I have that in in the writing. However, when I say something in Spanish, I don't translate it in my head in English. So that shouldn't happen on the page. But I don't want a reader to feel like, oh, I got to go to Google to figure it out. So I try um, in like the next sentence or two in context to make it clear. Um, Like the easiest example I can think of is in Her Perfect Affair. Uh, it's Rosa's story and in, in the uh, Match Perfection series and the oldest and youngest. So Yasmin and Lily are arguing and Yasmin tells Lily, callate la boca, uh, right? And I don't want the reader to like, you know, to jump over to Google. So Lily's next response is, don't tell me to shut my mouth. I can say whatever I want. So I hope that now you get that she said, shut your mouth or yeah. something to that effect. So I, um, but that, you know, the story continues without like, um, okay, mm-hmm. let me teach you a little bit of Spanish now, uh, um, kind of. So, so I hope that happens, you know, for most readers. Besides food and Spanglish and hot spots uh, in in Key West, in and around Key West, in both books, um, I think so. For Anchored Hearts, it's second chance romance. It's two high school sweethearts who had thought that they would graduate from high school and kind of go see the world a little bit and. and Ana Maria thought, go see the world and then come back home. Like Key West is our home base, you know, and, and we can still doing it, but we could still do our own things. Alejandro um, did not want to stay home and take over the Familia restaurant. He wanted to go off and be a, a photographer, a commercial fo- photographer. And so it created a huge rift with his father. So when they graduated from high school, Ana Maria stayed. Uh, because there was, you know, her something was going on with her family. Papi was sick. And so she stayed thinking she would eventually go, but Alejandro shifted on her and said, look, I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. And so they, you know, they, they wound up breaking up and it's now 12 years later. Um, Alejandro has never been home because of the rift with his father and he's forced to come back because of an injury. And so that's kind of where the book starts. Um, you'll have a lot of meddling mommies. Both of their moms are best friends and they are just convinced that their kids need to be together. So you'll have a lot of meddling mommies um, to kind of add a little bit of levity. But 
at its heart, I, um, Anchored Hearts is a book about learning to kind of come into your own while at the same time, like maybe honoring um, those who came before you and learning how to make room and support your, your loved ones. Um, because Alejandra does have to learn that he really held it against Ana Maria for not going at, you know, following him. Uh, but if had she followed him, and, and, I, and I don't think I'm giving anything away, you know, because she says it fairly early on, had she followed him, she just would have been following him and his dreams. At 18, she didn't know what she wanted. Um, unfortunately, she figured it out, but she's done what a lot of people may do is she's settled thinking that she's going for her dreams, but she has been waiting and she did not realize that until recently, like recently before the book opens. And so she is ready to just go, you know, go her own way and go for her dreams. And then Alejandro comes back and things kind of get a little muddled, but it's about finding your way while still honoring, you know, like I said, those who came before and, and supporting those who are important in your life and making room for them. It's inter- interesting because Sarah and I have very different reading tastes in terms Extremely of tropes that we different. like. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't agree on anything. We don't. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't say I don't enjoy, but I don't normally pick up second chance romances, especially not like second chances where the, the two characters were like childhood sweethearts. That does not tick any of my boxes. <laughs> But I read this book in one sitting. I think I tweeted you know. you, Priscilla, about how like I am sobbing reading this. <laughs> it was oh. such an like rip my heart out of my chest and oh, you gosh. know slowly piece it back together. Like so I just remember the first meeting or oh. the the reunion. That's I think you. Yeah, <laughs> that was a tweet. Yeah, um, yeah, the reunion scene where like Alejandro is injured. And Ana he's Maria is bad a, injured too. Yeah. Like he oh, cannot yeah. get up off the couch. He's no. stuck. Yeah. And Ana Maria has a like a medical background. She's like an EM, an EMT for a local. She's a firefighter paramedic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like uh, starting a physical training like business. So, mm-hmm. you know, of course, the family invites her over to like take a look at him. But <laughs> <laughs> yes. But there's that scene where she's like helping him out of his like wheelchair because like his one of his legs is just like held together by pins. It's an attraction, yeah. And like that scene where like this is the first time they're seeing each other in over a decade. They're in close quarters. Um, everything is like r- like raw physically, raw emotionally, and. Oh my god! I'm just—I was like sobbing. Like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Thank you I'm for not... saying that. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. But it's oh my gosh! It's it was brutal. It, 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 it was, was in a, a good way. <laughs> oh, good because I will tell you that this was the the book written and revised and all of that during the pandemic. It was hard for me to be writing. I, I have some friends that were like uber productive, you know, that, that were just a. But I had a really hard time shutting out the outside world like I normally can. The F word is more in this book than it's been in any of my other books. <laughs> and I said, oh my gosh, is that like my pandemic stress coming out in some way? Um, the different layers, like uh, the research I did about the um, 
Peter Pan, you know, Operation Peter Pan, I guess the same sense of responsibility that I felt in an island affair with Sarah's OSFED, her eating disorder, you know, all the research I did. So the same thing with um, the Operation Peter Pan, I just wanted to be respectful. Um, It was important. It was an important part of the the Miranda familia anyway so that just that sense of responsibility I put on myself and and, knew, and knowing that the emotional struggles of last year I just am I'm hopeful that that it comes through in in, in the writing so thank you for for saying that <laughs> you know so switching to something a little bit lighter is like this book and the previous <laughs> book are set in Key West mm-hmm. um I am a Floridian no longer but I was oh. <laughs> where in uh, Florida. So I was born in Fort Lauderdale, um, okay. then my family moved to North Florida. But I lived in Florida for 24 years before Ooh. I left. Okay. So I've been to Key West many times. I'm very familiar. Is that where you live now, Priscilla? No, I'm actually in, in Gainesville, home it, of the Florida Gators. Go Gators. talked about yes. that. My brother yeah. went to you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I told you I was Florida State, and you're like, oh, ah! darn. Sorry to yes. hear that. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. It's okay. <laughs> Everything's worked out. <laughs> Key West, you create such a sense mm. of place. Um, And it really does like come alive in your books as someone who has been there. Did you enjoy writing about it? Was it kind of like, you know, armchair travel a little bit, like trying to revisit Key West in your writing? What was that like? I lived in Key West. My dad was in the military, in the Navy. And so we moved to Key West summer before my seventh grade year. So junior high, high school um, was all in Key West. And then when I left for college and got married, the early years of my marriage, um, if I was going home, you know, like quote unquote home and, and to visit uh, my parents, it was to Key West. And so I've always wanted to set a book or a series like the very first romance I wrote was set in Key West and it sucked for a whole bunch of reasons. It will never <laughs> see the light of day. Um, but so I knew I wanted to do that mostly just um, like the idea of like taking readers home with me to the island and uh, so the keys to love series was born to born from that. I mean, like it just started out typically I like with the match perfection series. It was that Yasmin came to me with the keys to love series. It was, I wanted to set something in Key West. I was trying to think about tropes and, and, um, frankly, my, like my sister and I grew up and our families were close with another family that has five brothers and four of them are firefighter paramedics and we're still in touch. So I, so that trope immediately kind of came to mind because I was like, oh my gosh, the seller's boys. I know that I could like pick their brains or, and sure enough, two of them um, helped me. I went down to Key West for a weekend to research, not just to go vacation and, and meet up with friends. And, and I got to spend a day doing um, ride-alongs and hanging out at, at two um, fire stations. And wow. Ana Maria, um, kind of, I knew I didn't want all brothers. I think maybe just being a mom of girls, I wanted to have a sister in the mix. Starting out, it was just wanting to take readers home. And then the difference in the two books, Island Affair is kind of like an homage, like a welcome to for visitors. Yeah. Right. So if you visited Key West, I hope that throughout the book, that think some of the things that they do kind of help like resurface some of your memories if you've never been then I hope that you feel like you're at South Beach in, in Key West with your toes in the sand with, with Luis and Sarah. But Anchored Hearts, having grown up similar to Ana Maria and Alejandro, who granted are years younger than me, and, and having been able to go back to the island, I know like how the island has changed. Anchored Hearts is more like 
um, I don't know, I don't want to say like a love letter because that sounds so sappy, uh, but it, it allowed <laughs> okay. me to, it's okay right? to be sappy. But like when Ana Maria talks about the kids hanging out at Higgs Beach or at Astro City Park, that was us, you know, and we would hang out there till 10 and the cops would come around and say, hey, it's closed, you know, kick you out and, and you drive around and then you come back. And hang out some more <laughs> until they would come by and they'd be like, hey, you got to get out of here, you know? I think you can really tell that you you have an affinity and a love for Key West. Last year when Island Affair was releasing, we we were we had scheduled like a book signing at Books and Books. And I was going to go live from the southernmost point and from the beach where Luis and, and Sarah go if I can later than, you know, later this summer safely, um, I want to go and I figure, well, I'll just go to places in both books, you know, yeah. either do an IG live or Facebook live or just record it and then and post it to kind of take readers, you know, with, with me like in person. One thing that really spoke to me about the books, the difference between the two of them, like you said, that Island Affair is like vacationing there. Anchored Heart sort of gave me a sense of what it's like to live in a place where most people come for vacation. Mm. I love that part. The other thing that really spoke to me was the line where um, Ana Maria says, I wasn't sure I wanted to turn what helps me refill my well into a job job. Now, as, <laughs> as someone who has done that <laughs> twice, I really related to, to Ana Maria's hesitation and also to Alejandro's and on Maria's ability to make their creative outlet into a job, but in very different ways. Is that something that you've experienced with your writing as well? Oh, gosh. Um, I think there are, there are a lot of writers who, like me, would love to write full time, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's, it's a lot of pressure. And I think things have changed with the advent of self-publishing, right? Yeah. So now there are more authors percentage wise who maybe are, who are, you know, are making a living with their writing. But as, um, as a single person, I have a lot of, uh, you know, I have other things and healthcare and, and you know, whatever, you know, all, all those kinds of things. Um, the, the less sexy parts of like, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. The adulting part that's yeah. not so fun <laughs> of life. So that's why, like, I teach, uh, you know, I'm adjunct faculty at, at um, my alma mater for my MFA at Seton Hill University, and I have an online romance writing class for ed to go The thing is, the good thing about being a writer is as long as I have my laptop, I can, I can write anywhere, right? I can work anywhere because there's always a book that needs to be written or that needs to be revised or that needs to be copied, copy edited, or there's promo that needs to be done, right? So business stuff that needs to be done. However, the bad thing is all I need is my laptop and I can be writing, right? Yes. So it's like a catch-22. You could always be working. Yes. Uh, um, and yes, there are like the the business side, like the the money side of the business is is not my cup of, you know, that that's not what I enjoy. I'm not like a numbers and data person. I love playing with my characters and I, and I enjoy promo and, you know, you know, things like this, or gosh, when we have face-to-face -face events or zoom events, you know, I, I enjoy talking about not just my books, but any books and romance landia stuff in, in general. Um, so yes, I could do it um, all the time, but it is draining. So I think what to that point about you don't want it to, to turn into a job job is to take those moments to refill your well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if it's stepping back and picking up a book that I love, that inspires me as a reader and, and a writer, you know, to, 
to make sure that I'm, I'm remembering the joy and, and what brought me to wanting to do this in the first place. And it's also stepping back to enjoy the little, you know, the little accomplishments. Like um, one day was, this was pre-pandemic. So I was on the phone driving back from like running all these errands and I was talking with my youngest and I was just going over, like when I got home, my long to-do list of writer stuff that I needed to do. It was like, do this for this book and do this for that book. And, and I pulled into the driveway and I was like, well, I got to get going, you know, cause I got a lot to do. And, and she said, mom, can we just stop and take a moment to think like for how long you, you wanted to be doing these things, like you're doing what you wanted to do. And that's pretty awesome. This coming from my youngest, it made me stop and think about, yeah, I, I need to, instead of rushing on to the next thing so that it, the job, you know, the job that I love becomes a job before that happens, make sure that I'm taking the time to enjoy what brought me to it in the, in the first place. So it's just trying to remember to do that. Yeah, I get it. I've had to develop other hobbies that are very mm. far from romance, yeah. writing, podcasts, I mean, even reading. I find, you know, sometimes I can't turn off the analytical part yeah. of my brain. Like, yeah. is this working? How is this working? What's the structure of this? Why is it working on me? How is it? Yeah, I can't turn that off easily. So it mm-hmm. it can be a challenge to separate out the the parts that refill the well. Right. The parts that are draining when they're all part of the same whole. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I will say pandemic times. Oh, yeah. Right. I've I've realized the things that I've um, I read an article and it was talking about those secondary kind of layer or level, whatever you want to call it, of relationships. That yes, I saw had, that. Right. You know, so like the Starbucks barista, I, I don't go and write in Starbucks very often um, or not just Starbucks, sorry, but in public very often. Cause I have a tendency, like just yes, yesterday I told my mom, I was typing, he smacked her, sh- his shoulder. And I like smacked myself like my character would, or I'll wave or something. And so I don't really want to be working in public places and, and doing that. <laughs> um, but that was the example example in the article, you know, right. So it was like the Starbucks barista that you don't really know, but like, she know, you know, you go regularly enough that she's like, how's your kids? Or so for me, it was like my Zumba community that I would go four times a week, all ages of people. Um, some, I didn't know their names and they didn't know my name, but like, we would know things about each other and you would greet each other. And so, um, those little things that I missed, because those were ways that, I stepped out of my cave or out of the classroom, you know, out of the author or instructor mode and just enjoyed life or just enjoyed doing something that filled me up, you know, with people, you know, so it was finding those things or those ways to refill the well over the past year. Yeah. There was like a tweet I saw that you know, I'm also a bit of a homebody and I don't mind like not going outside, <laughs> but it's like, it was a tweet. It's like, I didn't go a lot of places, but I did go some places. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. um, I got my second shot this week, but like, oh, I, yeah. hadn't, I hadn't had an eyebrow wax in over a year. <laughs> and all I wanted to do is like lay on that table with the anesthetician and just have stupid small talk for 10 mm-hmm. minutes about like what are your summer plans while she like rips hair out of my face like that's all <laughs> I wanted yes. and I got to do that like last week and it was like there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. The thing that I'm most happy that I was able to yeah. do. I haven't had dinner with my friends, but oh my God, that eyebrow wax. Like, <laughs> Changed my life. I, ha- I had my first like dinner with with friends this past weekend because it was someone's birthday. Before then, it was Zoom or I had a big milestone birthday in December. So like four friends came over and we ate out back. I got my second shot. Like I will be this Friday like fully vaccinated. So I, I have an airplane ticket to go see my my middle daughter and her, and her family for Mother's Day weekend, and I can't wait because it's the longest I've ever been in her life and and my youngest too, who I'm trying to get out at some point. And I do have to fly because it's, it's up North, but we've already talked about, okay, precautions and my face shield and and all that. But I just can't wait to, to hug her. Uh, uh, You know, those like hugs are so important. Uh, What a coincidence that you're leaving Florida for mother's day and I'm going to Florida. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be up in Philly. For Mother's Day, and then, um, then my oldest lives in New York, so in the city. So I'm taking the train over afterwards, and actually, I'll my I should be in the city when Summer in the City releases. Ooh. So um, I'm going to try to some similar similar to what I want to <laughs> do in, with QS later on if I can. Um, I'm going to like take some pictures from the places that are in that novella Ooh. with Mateo and Vanessa. Yeah, but. Um, mostly I'm just excited to see my girls. (laughs) That actually brings me very nicely to my next question, which is about familia. Um, Mm. There's a lot of exploration of family and boundaries or lack thereof of boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the, and the conflict that is really nuanced and tricky between Mm. the unconditional welcome of family and then the unwavering expectation Mm -hmm. of family and that those things often go together. And Ana Maria and Alejandro's families construct a lot of the motivation for each of them, even I don't think without realizing how much motivation they are Mm -hmm. really creating either with them or against them. Right. What were what were some of the scenes that helped you establish that conflict for readers? Because it's it's a completely different experience when you're in a family that is so intergenerally intergenerate. I'm going to say this. I'm going to do it intergenerationally connected like that. <laughs> yes, uh-uh. and I think it's a it's a lot of families. Yes, it it is you know widely seen in Latinx 
you know, familias, but in, in a lot of other, you know, like I have a close friend and she's Irish and we joke about like, what our families are saying, we might be having, we might have different languages going in and different foods on our like regular tables, but, but the dynamics are, are similar. Oh, yeah. So I'm hoping that that's something universal enough that, that people can identify with at least on some level, but in, in particular here, yes, the, the mommy's metal and it's a, it's to add, I hope like a little levity because of, um, you know, like Alejandro's relationship with his dad is really, you know, it, it, it is really filled with strife. And in part, it's because they're both so hard headed. The idea of how familia sticks together just really quickly, I think you, I hope you see it in the first scene that Enrique is there with Alejandro and they're walking to the art gallery. And, and Enrique says, you know what, like, it doesn't matter how close we are when push comes to shove, I, I've got Ana Maria's back. You, you know, right. And, and, and familia is going to come first with me. It's the same thing like in book one in Island Affair, Luis and Enrique are at odds. And even though they're not talking to each other, Luis at some point mentions, you know, like his brother needs something and, and they're going to be there for each other. Even if they're going to be pissed off that they're helping each other, they're going to be helping each other because that's what familia does. But I also see, I hope in the scene with Ana Maria and her dad, when she's over there for dinner and Ale calls that he needs help, right? Because um, Cece's gone into labor um, and, and Ana Maria's papi walks her down to, to her car. And he, and he mentions about how you stayed, you know, all those years ago, you know, what was because of me, like, don't hold, don't be, don't be holding yourself back because of me, because of us. Uh, um, so I feel like in Ana Maria, you see the pressure and the expectations that that a lot of us put on ourselves that we project on others, right? And she's kind of living in those and she's needing to learn how to swim through them yep. to be who she really can be. And Alejandro, his father is like, weighing him down with all these expectations and he's trying to figure out how he can honor the legacy that is rightfully important to his dad but that Ale wants to honor in his own way I don't want to give it away but if you read any of my books and you know that at least Alejandro and Ana Maria figure things out my intention was to just show the different layers and the different ways that familia can help or hinder or how we hinder ourselves mm -hmm. in those relationships as well. We spoke earlier already about food because how could you not? Uh, <laughs> also, speaking of Cuban food, Ooh. I need to just talk about Gainesville Cuban food. Oh. Have you eaten at Emiliano's in Gainesville? Emiliano's, yes, but yes. you know what? Emiliano's closed. It did. Yes, it did. No, so, Emiliano's was a staple when I lived in Gainesville, yeah. and that's where my brother went for his, like, UF graduation dinner. Oh, was yum. It, it was good food. Is Flacco yeah. still in yes. business? <laughs> well, do you know, I, I will say, do you know what? I have not heard that it's closed, but it's downtown, and I have not been <laughs> downtown, so. I can't take two Yeah, pre-pandemic. I, I will find out, and I can message you, but yes, oh. I have eaten at Flacco's after um, Salsa Night with Girlfriends. Oh, my gosh. Um, which I totally miss. Yeah. it's. It, I mean, dancing in your living room is fun, but yeah. it's just not oh, yeah. quite the same as, no. you know, in a room full of girlfriends and, you know, other friends and hot and sweaty and, and, <laughs> and all that kind of fun stuff. So for Cuban food, 
Do you have some of your favorite foods in Anchored Hearts? And I know you're doing um, pre-order bonuses for Love Sweet Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, was it hard to choose which recipes to include in the pre-order bonus? In the pre-order bonus. So if you, for anybody who pre-orders, um, I almost said Island Affair, but anybody who pre-orders <laughs> Anchored Hearts, you can get Island Affair also from Love Sweet Arrow. But if you if you pre-order Anchored Hearts from Love Sweet Arrow, you will get a signed book plate. Um, and I am sending them extra so that if you anybody orders um, one of my other books, they can they can include a signed book plate for that as well. But specifically for Anchored Hearts, you'll get a signed book plate and two recipe cards that um, are straight from Miranda's. And one is Ropa Vieja. And the other one is Picadillo. And I chose those two because they're Ana Maria and Alejandro's favorite meals. We are about to get into some outstanding family stories from Priscilla. But before we get to that part, I have two things to tell you about. First, Wilbur, my feline assistant audio engineer, would like me to tell you about Pretty Litter. He'd also like the birds that are nesting in my neighbor's gutter to come over to his window, please. But while he is allowing me to use his room, which I thought was my office, uh, the only downside for me is that his litter box is right next to me. But thanks to Pretty Litter, this is no problem at all. Pretty Litter is kitty litter reinvented. Unlike traditional litter, Pretty Litter's super light crystals trap odor, release moisture, and result in dry, low-maintenance litter that doesn't smell. And... Pretty Litter is virtually dust-free because it's manufactured with a specialized de-dusting process. Pretty Litter arrives safely at my door in a small, lightweight bag that lasts up to a month. Now that I get litter bags auto-shipped, I don't have to deal with last-minute trips to the store, and I don't have that massively heavy bag to carry upstairs from the car. And shipping is free! But above all else, here's why Pretty Litter is a pet parent's hero. It is a health indicator. Pretty Litter monitors my cat's health by changing colors when it detects potential underlying issues. You won't find that kind of innovation in conventional litter. Get the world's smartest litter without leaving home by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code TRASHY for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code TRASHY for 20% off. prettylitter.com, promo code TRASHY. This episode is also brought to you by Headspace. If you have tried meditation before and felt like it didn't work, or maybe you felt like you were doing it wrong, definitely had that experience, have a look at Headspace. Especially if your mental health is part of your self-care plan this year, you owe it to yourself to give Headspace a try. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation just for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Since I started using Headspace, my day goes a little easier when I start it with some meditation. And I have meditated nearly every day for over 150 days, which is astonishing to me. And yeah, I I do feel better. The daily Headspace meditation is often exactly what I needed to think about that day. And I've been able to use the techniques to help clear my head, relax my shoulders away from my ears, and reduce my feelings of overwhelm and anxiety. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. 
You deserve to feel happier. Yes. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Sarah. That's headspace.com slash Sarah with a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Go to headspace.com slash Sarah today. And now back to my conversation with Amanda and Priscilla Oliveras. We're going to talk about baseball and some incredible family stories. Let's do this. Speaking of Love Sweet Arrow, first, mm-hmm. Feliz Temporada de Baseball. Hi, sí. Me encanta. <laughs> oh. I love it. Wait, yo soy de Pittsburgh. Play, Ay, I, so, I have to be a Pirates fan. Oh my gosh, the, you guys almost swept us over the weekend. It was terrible. I know. I don't know how that happened. We're not, we don't usually play <laughs> don't things either. and win. Yeah, I it don't was very either. strange. But my husband went to Northwestern and oh. deliberately set up his schedule so that he would have afternoons free during baseball <laughs> season during that quarter and would sit in the bleachers like every damn day. Oh my God, I'm jealous. So he is, we are both Pirates and Cubs fans. How did you come to be a Cubs fan? People ask me that all the time because I've never lived in Chicago, even though the Match Perfection <laughs> series is set there. Yeah. Chicago one, is one of my favorite cities. But I had never even visited Chicago until my youngest was born. But I became a Cubs fan because my mom's older brother, so my tío, played baseball growing up. And so by the time I came into the picture, he was um, playing and then moved into managing uh, um, winter ball and ball for in, in the MLB league. So in the farm teams and then eventually moved up. And when I was younger and my sister and I would spend all summer, like school would, would get out on Friday. And by Sunday, we were in Puerto Rico spending the summer with my abuela until school was going to start again. And during winter ball in Puerto Rico, there, oh, were, yeah. young, there were young ball players that played for the Cubs and the Braves, but they played winter ball in Puerto Rico and lived with my abuela. So summer, while I was there, she was watching the Cubs on WGN and the Braves on, on TBS to follow those young boys, you know, see how that, you know, and because then they would be coming back. So I grew up cheering for the Cubs and the Braves. Um, and then in high school, I remember watching a Cubs game with my abuela and her talking about wanting to go to Wrigley. Some, and I said, someday you and I are going to go. I'm, I'm going I'm to take you there. And then flash forward to a few years later, and I married and my youngest was born. We, my uncle was hired to be the bench coach for the Cubs under Jim Riggleman. And so for three years, he was with the Cubs. So that first season, my my abuela and I spent, (laughs) and and my youngest, because I was nursing, uh, um, spent a week in Chicago with my uncle. We got to meet Harry Carey. And um, it was, it's like one of the best memories with, with, you know, with with my abuela. Uh, That first game, she was just like a giggly schoolgirl. She was just so excited to be there. And then um, the Sunday that we were there, we got up, we went to mass and we were at the church. And she told me, whenever you visit a church for the first time, you pray for three things. And so we prayed, we went, you know, we went to the game, we came home and that night I'm laying in bed with beside her and I feel her like start, like she's like shaking. And I, I got, I got nervous. Like is something wrong? She was laughing. And I, and I said, what happened? Like it, que pasa? that day at the game. Jim Riggleman got in a fight with the umpire and he got thrown out of the game. And so my uncle became the manager of record for that game. And one of the three things that she had prayed for that morning was 
to see my to live to see my uncle manage a game in the big leagues. <laughs> oh my god! And it happened at that game. Uh, um, so at that point, we you know I became really diehard Cubs fans. And when we lived in, I lived in the St. Louis area, the Metro St. Louis area, for about eight years. If the Cubs were home for Mother's Day. That's what I wanted to do Mother's Day weekend. We would drive up to Chicago and and see the Cubs. And I have a Cubs tattoo. That's how the in holiday home run, Ben is a former Chicago Cubs pitcher. Comes in and Mateo in, in lights out. I wrote that during the pandemic, but it was like a breath of fresh air amongst the angst of anchored hearts. It's um Mateo is a rising Broadway star, but in a la Lynn Manuel. Um, but his big musical that's opening, it's opening night of his musical. And it's um, a musical about Roberto Clemente. Oh. And uh, who, who, if you don't, you know, is it, well, you know, as a pitcher oh. in Pirates, right? But it's, he's a it's, he's a MLB it's Hall of Famer uh, um, from Puerto Rico. And um, in Lights Out, it's Mateo's grandfather who played and was mentored by Clemente. And in my real life, it's my uncle who played and was mentored by Clemente. And so the stories that Mateo shares, and, and he talks about a picture that his, his abuelo was in, that's um, like, you know, family memories and, and stories that my uncle would share with me. So writing Lights Out was, it was a way, like I got to combine my love of Broadway and my love of baseball and my love of familia into that little, um, little novella. I, I loved it. I, I want someone to write now, like the the Roberto Clemente musical. Oh I, want to be, I want to be in the audience. <laughs> Speak that into being. That would be amazing. Yes. yes. Yeah. You know, if Lynn Manuel Miranda is listening to the podcast, right? Yes. I, I, want to, <laughs> I want to try to get him a copy of my book. So, but I'm kind of seeing how I might be able to uh, um, get that. But, but besides that, just writing the musical and um, it was uh, writing the musical, writing the novella. <laughs> was um was a nice you know it, like I got I got to get lost in in worlds that are important to me and hopefully then that shows on the page I don't know <laughs> um, but that's the long answer to your how did you become a Cubs <laughs> okay, familia, that's why. <laughs> yes yeah and I will tell you when we lived in St. Louis my then husband tried to say um you're you know we're in St. Louis you should become a Cardinals fan. No, that's not how that <laughs> yeah. works. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's and, a hard no. Uh-uh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, we would go to their games and I would wear Cubs, you know, Cubs gear, even yeah. if they weren't playing the Cubs. And one time he was like, can't you just get a, <laughs> a get a Cardinals shirt? You know, even no. when they're not playing the Cardinals. So, you know what? I found a red shirt that had the Cubs logo on it and I wore <laughs> Uh, like this is uh, as close as it's gonna get. I was like, yep. my abuela will roll over if not rise up with a chancla in her hand, ready <laughs> to smack me if if I even. So no. Earlier, you mentioned, uh, you know, you your adjunct at Seton Hill, mm-hmm. uh, and you have an MFA in popular fiction, and mm-hmm. you're teaching. Um, what do you like about teaching writing? And I'm I'm sure we're both curious about what like your assignments and curriculum entails? <laughs> well, uh, um, I'm adjunct here at, my, at a local college and that's oh, business uh, yeah. writing. So it's not um, so very totally useful in real life, but not creative writing, but for Seton Hill and uh, I'm adjunct faculty there. It's their um, master of fine arts in writing popular fiction. So it's all genre fiction. You can choose 
Um, there's horror, there's sci-fi, there's fantasy, there's women's fiction, YA, romance. Uh, um, I would and, take all and, of and those. That, that sounds. I know. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing program. I love I loved it as a student. I kept saying I could keep coming back to residency if I didn't have to pay <laughs> tuition. And now I get to go back to residency, um, and, you know, as a mentor, as adjunct faculty, and and I love it. Uh, um, so there's no like text really, other than every every semester, uh, um, my the students that I mentor, like you, you have a mentor meeting at the beginning of the semester and you sign a contract for like how many pages you're going to write monthly, all that kind of stuff. And there's always one of the components is a how to book. So that can change that that changes. I don't have like a set like you're going to read this because obviously it's about what does the student think they need to or or together what do we think they need to work on with their thesis manuscript or, you know, that kind of thing. So it changes, but like with my online class for ed to go, that's a continuing education course that starts. It's like the third Wednesday of, of, of every month, a new course starts and um, they're like run for eight week sessions. The recommended resources that I have there are things like always um, Deb Dixon's goal, motivation, conflict, even though, you know, I teach it, I still go back to that book and, and use those tools with all of my, you know, with every book that I start. Um, we talk about Jack Bickham's, um, it's not seen in sequel, and that's always what I call it. So I hate that I cannot remember the name now. In the Ed to Go class, we cover a wide variety of, of topics from like creating your characters to GMC to, to plotting to then basic craft, uh, other craft. Um, but it goes pretty quickly. We, we can't really dive deep. And so I try to provide resources that you're interested in learning more about GMC than what we've discussed. You know, here's a great book. Um, scene and sequel is, can be such a difficult concept. And with all of it, I just tell anybody, look, the idea of any tool should be to help you in your process. If it's not helping you, then bag it or tweak it so that it does. But just because something works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Our processes are all different. So that's really important to understand. It's okay if you're like, yeah, that doesn't, doesn't do it for me, then, then don't, don't try to use it. So you mentioned you have a novella coming out. What is, yes. what is on the docket for you after, after that? So after Summer in the City releases on May 25th, and then I am currently in the middle of revisions for book one of a new series that is set to release um, next year. I think it's May-ish. And that is, um, it's two books about a group of foster sisters that are in a mariachi band. And both of the books are like loose retellings of musicals based on Shakespeare. So like book one is um, the title right now. And I don't think it's going to change is West Side Love Story. So oh. it's a there's a battle of the mariachi bands involved there. The two sides are on different sides of the gentrification line, uh, you know, angle and so it's Mariana and Angelo they're the they're the leads in West Side Love Story and then book two I I, I don't know if I can say anything about it yet but I do have a it's another loose retelling of another musical is the other m- musical Kiss Me Kate yes <laughs> <laughs> yes there's Kiss Me Catalina because it's Catalina's story. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it so yes. much. <laughs> that would be Taming of the Shrew. Um, and it's really set in the mariachi world. I will tell you that the patriarchy is like killing me in, in, that, <laughs> in that one, right? And so my goal is to, Catalina is very strong and um, 
not just to, um, it's not a like stick it to the patriarchy, but it's about, you know, leveling the playing field. And, and they both have things that they, they need to learn. But in West Side Love Story, you'll meet um, the Petruchio, who is Patricio, who plays a bigger secondary character role in West Side Love Story. You'll get to meet Ooh, them both. I love it. <laughs> if I'm doing it right. So I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, we always ask this question. Yes. What books do you want to tell people about in addition to your own? Yes, yes. Okay, so I have some books that are not out yet, but um, you want to put them on your radar. The um, first one is Zio Axelrod's The Girl with Stars in Her Eyes. Like it's set in the musical. It's like a, an all-girl band and Zio is enmeshed in the in the musical, in the world of Grammy and Grammy writing music and, and all that. So she's like the perfect person to be taking us into this world. So if, um, I would say by all means, check out The Girl with Stars in Her Eyes. I have Emily Henry's um, people we meet on vacation. I got an arc of, of that. And um, she just does like banter and the slow burn romance. And the, it's just so, so good. So that's coming out, like, I think like May 11th or sometime around there. And then I got um, an early copy. Sonali Dave and I um, share, you know, like help each other, like critique and brainstorm kind of stuff. So um, her Incense and Sensibility which come, it's book three in her Jane Austen retellings that's coming out like um, June, July. Um, and it's fabulous. It's, you know, she does great, like heart and emotion. Like both of these characters are such good people and you want them to be happy, but there are like forces bigger than them at play. And how can they, how can they? So those are three that I would say, please be on the lookout. And if you're like ready for a book right now, and, and you've already read um, Island Affair. Sorry. I feel, like, I feel like Kensington wants me to say that. Um, so here are three that you should go out and look for. And one is Libby Hubshire's Meet Me in Paradise. So it's another beachy book. But this one, it's about two sisters who are totally different personalities. And for reasons that you, you'll learn why and how they are the way they are. It's about stepping outside your comfort zone to experience life to the fullest. And then two other ones um, that are a little bit different, Mia Sosa's Audible Only. So it's a great read, put it on and go for a walk in your neighborhood or on your treadmill or, you know, um, it's Son of a Beach. So it's an audio, it's an Audible Only right now. So if you have an Audible account, then you can get it for, um, you know, as part of that. Um, it's Rompy, Romcom. Mia does like, sexy rom-coms like fantastically and and the the male narrator's voice um let's just say I'm not reading it while I'm like in bed because I feel a little bit like I shouldn't be <laughs> um so, and then the last one is more women's fictiony it's like um it's by Jamie Beck it's for all she knows um this one it's like real life kind of situation drama about two friends who have totally different parenting styles and how that really comes into play, like decisions that they both make that wind up kind of like unraveling threads in their lives, their friendship, um, one of their marriage, like another's job is threatened, like their family lives are just, it's, it's really gut wrenching, but it's beautiful. And um, it's just a beautifully written book about like the power of forgiveness. Mia's is big beachy sexy rom com Libby's is all the feels romance. And then Jamie's is not so much romance, but really, really heart, heartfelt um, 
real life drama. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Priscilla Oliveras for hanging out with Amanda and me. If you are thinking, wait, I want to know what that one book was that she mentioned, do not worry. They are all linked in the show notes for this episode at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. And if you have questions or suggestions or ideas or you'd like to tell me what you thought of this episode, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. I always end with a terrible joke. This week is no different. This joke comes from Reddit where the good jokes live, the really, really good ones. Why shouldn't you put more than 239 beans in a soup? Why? Why shouldn't you put more than 239 beans in a soup? Because adding just one more would make it 240. 240 240 <laughs> I love a sneaky flatulence joke. This is from user Oak05 and their seven-year-old uh, daughter. So uh thank you for that. 240. Also, can you imagine the amount of fiber in a bean soup with 239 beans? My gosh. <laughs> On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.